1: Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Claudio Sonata Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. We are taping from the My Policy Quote Studios in Swickley, Pennsylvania. As always, want to thank Rick Mitchell for the introductions and everything he does for the show, and my fantastic producer, Mr. Adam Zaluf, who I could not do the show without Adam, that is for sure. Today's guest is is a multi-champion high school baseball coach from Ohio. I coached this young man back in 1989. His family has become my family. And uh, you hear me talk about his brother Vince, the wrestler, all the time. Welcome, Nick Kaplack. Nick, what's going on?
2: Well, it's it's great to be here, great to be on the show. And I, I'll tell you what, when you said multi, I was really hoping you'd say millionaire after that and, and, not, and not champion. Oh, but, man, Nick. Um, multi millionaire would be nice.
1: We're trying, right, We're trying. Keep, keep so. it, keep it going. We're trying, but uh, we're doing good. Everything's good here in Swickley, and uh, we finished our season with a winning record, uh, considering all the obstacles that we had to overcome. We we had a nice season, and we're in the thick of things for the playoffs in the spring. So uh, everything's good here. And uh, speaking of teams, uh, tell us about your Grays organization out there in Medina.
2: Well, Claudio, thanks for asking and you you did have a great season. um I know Thank you, um, where where you're at it's um you know you got to put all the pieces together um, many different times. Um, and I know that you're one of the uh, best chess players in baseball and, and <laughs> you have the uh, definitely have the gift of uh, you know you know knowing when to do things and putting pressure on these you know the big thing with you is always it's always been, you know, you put pressure on defenses, make them make mistakes and capitalize. And um, you, you can do that with, um, you can do that with, with whatever talent you have. It's great to have the dogs, but uh, the horses, but you're um, the way you do things is I've, I've always admired the way you, uh, way you coach and you run your, run your offense.
1: I appreciate that. Uh, and the same goes for you, brother. You, you, you're the all-time winning coach out there in Medina high school. And, uh, future hall of famer out there so I, I appreciate that thank you
2: so uh with the
1: with the ohio grays you know we have
2: uh we have the um, fortunate um opportunity to work with a lot of the youth uh players here in the greater cleveland area greater akron area um and we are we're modeled off the old um homestead grays Um, i've always heard stories from my grandfather about the homestead grays he played against them um many different times because uh, back then you know before you had minor league baseball you had uh, a lot of the companies in the pittsburgh area would have teams they would sponsor teams and uh, the grays actually would would play these teams uh quite often and uh, my grandfather he actually gave up um played josh gibson about 50 times i have a Newspaper article where he talks about it, and, and um, he did uh, talks about giving up a home run to Gibson at the um, Wilmerding Westinghouse air break um, at, at the field. There, he uh, Gibson, I guess, in, in the article, he says he hit it off the roof, hit it onto the roof of the ice plant. Um, so, actually, in the in the facilities, I ha- in the facility, I have a lot of uh, you know uh, homestead race things hanging up, and also have his glove. Uh, that gave up that home run, and um, so I've always, um, you know, really fascinated with uh, that those stories and um, and and how those guys would play and do things. So I, you know, when I was making a travel team up here, I decided to travel organization. I decided to go with the Ohio craze. and it Is everywhere we go, um, so many different umpires. I carry extra hats actually in my in my car. Cause different umpires will, will start talking to me about the, the grays and, 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 you know, they're really, uh, really happy that we're, uh, you know, emulating them and, 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 you know, give them a hat or, or, whatever. And I actually, um, one of the umpires we had in, in, uh, down South, we're down in Myrtle beach, one of the umpires, um, his. Uh, grandfather played for him and we pulled up pictures and everything. It was really cool. And uh, he took a picture with us and um, it was a a neat little story. But what, what we try to do is we try to just teach baseball the right way. Um, really, really focusing on the fundamentals and teaching guys, you know, no gimmicks, um, with the swings and that kind of thing, but really (laughs) solid fundamental baseball and be able to, you know, hit, if you're talking hitting, hit, hit, um, no, not not just the 17 inches of the plate, but I want them to be able to hit two more on each side. You know, I stretch my plate awesome. out to 21 inches, awesome. and uh, you know if you could if you could hit 21 inches, you're you're never coming back to the dugout complaining you got called out on a bad call. Um, you got to do something with that pitch, especially with two strikes. But things like that defensively, um, you know, a lot of um, you know, just really, really, a, a lot of fundamental baseball. And I'm just seeing, you know, I've been coaching baseball for for 27 years Uh, I played you know since I was six so I mean I haven't had a season off of baseball for you know 42 years um and over that time you know you you pick up things from everybody and and it's your goal as a coach to put all those together and I picked up you know I'm off of your coaching tree Claudio I have a lot of your stuff that I still use and talk about Um, and it's getting really hard though right now, and I don't want to get off topic there, but it's getting a little bit more difficult where you have to, um, you have to, a lot of the stuff out there now we're getting saturated with, and a lot of it isn't really good. It's, it's, it's set up to make money. And I guess that would be another topic here, but overall we try to get, you know, my, my philosophy of youth sports, my philosophy of high school sports and, my philosophy of coaching is always making memories for the kids. Cause right. you know, we, we sit around and we talk about things that happened a long time. You know, it it might sound like the song glory days. I'm not going to sing it for you. I'll have Rick do that next time he's on, <laughs> right. but we, we have, um, you know, it's memories. And, and I try to get these guys to, you know, play in some nice places. We, we travel down South and uh, try to make them feel big time, you know, and, um, and just, you know, really do it through. And I, and the one, the one thing I do with the Ohio Grays is I do not have parents coaching. Um, That's, that's the one thing. Yeah. I'm just to the, I, I will pay whatever to get, to get coaches. Um, You know, a lot of times they're former players, college kids, whatever, but I, I just, the parents coaching is just really, it's not like it used to be Uh, when we were little and the parents coached and you'd have that one coach in little league that was around for 15 years you know, if, if a coach now coached a little league for 15 years, you know, back then that's what these guys loved to do. They were just coaches. And that's, that's what, that's how they gave back to their community. Now, if you coach a little league for 15 years without your own kids in it, you're going to be under investigation. Um, so it's, <laughs> right. that's exactly right. And so it's, it, it's never going to go back to that. So what I try to do is get, um, you know, quality guys that are going to, um, they're going to teach the game the right way. And, and, you know, most of them know my program and um, it's pretty, after so many years, it gets pretty systematic. But again, I'm always, I'm always learning. We always have these conversations and I'm all, my ears are always open. I I always say I've got about, I can, I can, my gas tank for baseball in my brain can hold about, it's always about 80% full. It can't hold any more than that. It never can go up to a hundred, but every time I learn something new that's good, I'm going to forget something old that I don't use anymore. So I probably forgot way more than I know, you know, now, but, but with the game evolving and, you know, you have to evolve at some point with it. um, But you, um, but, but a lot of the old stuff is, is really, really good.
1: It is. And you said a lot there and it all makes sense. And, and like I said, I'm proud of everything that you've done out your way and and you Accomplished a lot, and and mentioned memories. And just the other day, we played at Moon Park, and I know I'll never forget. First time I played at Moon Park, I was that was in Little League. It was my last year of Little League. I was 12 years old, and we we had a great Little League field in Leedsdale, Pennsylvania. I mean, it was it was magical. It was big time, right? Nobody had a better situation than we did Quaker Valley, Valley Little League in Leedsdale, but with the scoreboard and the green fence and the press box and all that stuff. But when we and lights, at, we were the and lights, that and was lights. the first field yeah.
2: ever in the fifties, yeah. the first field ever to have lights in that whole area.
1: That's right. And your dad, uh, Mr. Kaplack, Vince Caplack senior was a big time coach there for years, multiple championships. So there was a lot of legendary coaches. Like I said, your dad, Mr. Shago, Blackie, Bel Castro, um, flower guy. He had the flower shot from the card. McMaster, um, Frank Vlasic, the, the, Mr. Wolf, I uh, think going on up. Yeah, uh,
2: Kenny Bridgens, there was a ton. Yeah,
1: Kenny Bridgens. Uh, Rick Zander, you know, he was there. He, he put a lot of time in as well. Um, and I, I know I'm missing people. Mr. Carter, uh, I, again, we can, Mr. McCone, we can go on and on and on. But um, uh, I remember going to that. Isn't, it, isn't it
2: funny, Claudio? I, I
1: don't mean to interrupt
2: you, but I am. Because I think it's important. But think about that. You just named all those guys that you remember them from when you were a kid. Do you want to talk about memory? I mean, that's what it's about right there. But so, sorry to interrupt, but that is no, really that's, the, that's the what point. It is about.
1: because, you know, like when I wrote my book, um, I asked several players, including yourself, to, uh, to, to write comments, write whatever you want about me, and I was blown away at things that, that people wrote. Uh, and the it wasn't just you know we won that game we lost that game it was about life stuff and, and just meant the world to me and I can go on you know, like Coach was for me and what he did for me with my career and we, we became friends and, and again the little league coaches that we had and all that but like I said back to the Moon Township I'll never forget when we approached that field and every time I go by that field I still think about that I went to that field and I looked at it and I said wow it was like you know because it was a new ballpark for us because we never let left Leedsdale. And those who don't know, Moon Township from Leedsdale is what, Nick, five miles, six miles, maybe. Right. And so like you, you talked about going south, you know, that's we went south. That was as south as we went was Moon Township. But it was very special. And, uh, and I know your guys are going to look back and say great things about you and the things that you've done uh, with the Grays. So uh, again, I congratulate you and continued success with that. Now, World Series, Astros, Phillies, give me some thoughts and predictions.
2: Well, it's, um, this is a really, uh, it's a really neat series coming up because the way they have it set up and the way we're, we're looking at, you know, who's playing at home, who's playing away, who plays well on the road, that kind of thing, Um, who plays well at home, you know, when you start looking at it and, you know, I have been looking at it, you, 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 you start to think that, um, the Astros, you know, experience wise, they've been there four times in the last six seasons, which is incredible, but they've only won once. Okay. Um, and you know, looking at 2017 to beat the Dodgers. And then you got Philly who was a third place team and, um, the last time they won it was in, in 08, and when you start looking at the records, you know the Astros, you know 100 plus wins is they they look like on paper is the juggernaut, but there's something to be said about being that upstart team that that kicks it on late, and you know how baseball's streaky. Like when you get that momentum, that is um, that's kind of the big thing. So when you look at when you look at Philly, I think they have the momentum but I think, uh, I think the Astros probably have the horses Um, and then, you know, don't, you you can't let the records fool you in thinking, you know, the Astros are just going to sweep or something like that, because, you know, we, we start going through the Astros pitching staff and, you know, you've got guys like Verlander who has a ton of experience in the playoffs. Um, But, you know, he's kind of getting hit up and, you look at Montero, he's been on fire. But then, you know, you go to, um, you know, you go the, the rookie pitcher they have is, you know, he's a rookie, but he's he's been pitching really good. Um, you know, v- Valdez is, is not a strikeout guy. And so, like, when you go through these, and, you know, Stanek, he's he walks a lot of guys. So, when you start going through the Astros pitchers, it's like, wait a minute here. They're going to have to really – work hard to figure out what the rotation is going to be because they don't really have a, a, I wouldn't say there's a guy right now that it's like, okay, for sure. This guy, he's this is lock. the guy. Right. Yeah. He's a lot. I don't see it there. Um, and I see every, everybody that's within that, within that rotation has some sort of little thing about them. And then the Phillies, I can't even go into their pitchers because, you know, I, I know, you know, you're looking at, um, you know, they're they're uh, Nola and uh, uh, we will be um, be completely rested, and and so that 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 helps out. But um, when you when you really look at that entire thing, um, you know, we you have to you have to continue on to the hitting. This is kind of almost embarrassing for us, who who you know, hitting coaches. You know, and I guess it's it's just what it is, but the Phillies, you know, the team team average is two thirty seven. Astros team average at two twenty seven.
1: That that's um, ridiculous. That's awful. That's embarrassing. And it's right. not, and not so, let me interrupt you. It's not that the pitching again, we've gone over this again before, and I I remember going to the Yankee Pirates series uh, earlier this year and you know the the Yankees who the the Bronx bombers and 227, 231, 214, 217, 235. And what the hell? You know, I mean, and I know these guys can do better. <clears throat> and it's not just the pitching. It's not the pitching at all, to be very honest with you, because uh, the guys that we grew up watching in the 70s and 80s would be illegal today with all the movement that they had on the pitches, right? And they really rack right. up the strikeouts. But these guys are throwing harder, but that's just. That's just for for show, as they say. What do they say golf? Drive for show, putt for dough. But right, uh, and, that, and that's embarrassing. So, right, And if you look at game one, you, you know,
2: game one is you know the Astros are, are home team game one, um, and you know they're like fifty nine and twenty six at home, which is phenomenal. And you got to think game one a Friday night, you, you're you're playing at home. I would think the Astros game one wins that handedly and now but if you're the Phillies you got to be thinking and I've had this you know I never liked this but uh, there's a team up here um well they're still up here but when when I was assistant coach a team called uh, Brunswick Ohio would win the conference just about every year and I came up here in like 97 I'd be like well why aren't we beating them and the kids like oh they're just so good and I started looking at it you know all the all the other teams when they would play them Um, It wasn't, it was a little different back then. You didn't play teams back to back when they'd play them in the conference, they would pitch their number two or number three pitcher, thinking they couldn't win and they would rather save their one for sure win. And um, well, that, that kind of all changed when, you know, when I became head coach, I was like, you know, we're, we're throwing our one, two and three at them. You know, we're going to, we're not going to bully us. We're going to bully them. And we kind of turned the tide on that. But Cause, you know a lot of that's mental but the um, Astros on that Friday night you know you might be in a situation where the Phillies are like look we're not throwing we're going to throw off tonight I think that almost is a good move um, it's going to sound crazy to anybody that you don't you know I, and I know you know you want to throw your your best because you want to be able to bring them back but that isn't a bad night to throw off and because game number two is on Saturday um, and that's that's you know, Astros are home team, but look, the Astros are going to get liquored up Friday night after their win, right? <laughs> it's Friday night. They're at home. They're celebrating and Philly could just kind of chill, relax, go back to the hotel and then come out. And I think game two goes to the Phillies. And so then, then you have a Sunday break. And then now you're going to Philadelphia for Monday game. And I think Philadelphia wins that game um, and wins when win are pretty good, then I think by game four, um, pitching matchup-wise, you're probably going to see possibly Philly, possibly um, the, the Astros win. And then game five is going to kind of be – I think game four and five at Philly, one of them's going to go to Philly, maybe two to Philly. So Philly, I think, could come out being up four – or excuse me, um, three – they're gonna be up, I think out of that series, they're gonna be up three games to two with two left. And they're gonna go back to uh, they're gonna go back and play the Astros. Um, Philly will be on the road. And then if you look at games six and seven, you got two coin flips there. So I really think it's gonna go down to six or seven games just based on the dynamics of the schedule sure. and, and the pitching. And and when you look at that, I mean I think you know, right now Philly being the hot team I mean, I, if they come out, if Philly comes out hot Friday night, look from the cold down the rest of the series. I think Philly has to relax on Friday night. The Astros could come out at that home crowd and, you know, and you hate to say it, but like, Hey, if you lose, you lose, you know, you, you kind of, you might lay an egg tonight, but just let's get through it instead of being nervous and and, and whatever, because they're going to get, I mean, they're both places are, are pretty rabid crowds and, it's going to be hard for each team to play in them. So sure. it should be an exciting series. So this one's a little gotcha. bit better than,
1: yeah. But you know what? We're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, postseason, but we're going to hear from our great sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, Criminal Defense Attorney, Eric Jackson, Lurie, and my policy quote, call Lou Raggianti at 412 609 9963. He's a great guy. I've been with them for quite a few years, and they're great people. Don't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field in the Office. You can get that on my website, ClaudioRelsano.com, John Melvin Publishing.com, Barnes Noble.com, and the Barnes Noble and Noble in Robinson Township and Amazon, all that. Don't forget about the best boxing show on TV, The Boxing Authorities with Luther Capri Jr., Smoking Jim Frazier, and myself. It's a great show. Check us out on Channel Box and uh, my YouTube channel, Claudio Relsano TV, which I promise I'll start putting more uh, content on. And my new podcast, the Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Association podcast. You can check that out on www.pa-bca.org. And uh, I think that's all for the promos. I've got so many damn things, Oh, but that's a good thing. I, and there's some news coming up, some different things I'm going to be doing both media-wise and even baseball-wise that I will be talking about. But uh, we're going to be back here in a minute to talk to Nick Caplack about more baseball and even some football. Right back. How much was your tax penalty for your health insurance last year Were you told your health premium was going to be something then you wound up paying a huge tax penalty? Are you tired of being lied to about your premium and then getting stuck in the penalty box? Lou and his team at My Policy Quote are your number one draft pick. They have access to all the top carriers, and as a brokerage, they have full market visibility with the tools and experience. Let Lou help you and your family find truly affordable, quality insurance and quarterback your power play to get you out of the penalty box. Call Lou and his team at 412 609 Nine, nine, six, three. Okay, Nick, you know, uh, as far as World Series are concerned, something that I've always said, it's the unsung heroes that are going to make the huge difference. Um, I think that's what the Yankees have been lacking the past several years. They haven't had that guy who is not trying to hit the ball 730 feet, the guy who will hit a single, the guy who will walk, the guy who will bunt, the guy who will do something small, in order to win the game, the Yankees, And I remember a few times last year, again, this year, they had a guy on second base. All they had to do is drive him in, and they're swinging for the downs, man. And they, they end up striking out, you know, and uh, that I'm not crazy about that. I don't like, as we touched on earlier, where the game has been going the past several years, strikeouts, pop ups, uh, home runs. Right. But something that I'll never forget, 1986. Now, obviously, I've always been a big offensive guy. Right. But in 86, when the Astros played my team that year, which was the Mets, because Mazzilli uh, picked, got picked up by the Mets in uh, July of 86 after he was released from the Pirates. And um, they just, the Astros with, uh, I remember Scott, uh, Mike Scott, and, and Epper and those guys, they just made the Mets look awful. And the Mets had Strawberry and Gary Carter and Keith Hernandez and Dykstra and Backman uh Spooky Wilson, you know, we going on. They just had a, a star-studded lineup, but they didn't do anything. Ray Knight in the postseason, you know, and that's when it hit me. Pitching is everything. If you have pitching, you got a shot, right? Now, in the postseason, if you remember, uh, and I know you do, with the Pirates, when they were winning in 90, 91, 92, that, that group, Barry Bonds and that whole team, they, against Atlanta, they did zero. And even against Cincinnati, nothing. You know, with Avery and, and um, Smoltz and Maddox, those guys just killed the Pirates. So pitching is so crazy important. They say good pitching will beat good hitting any day and vice versa. I get that. But you need pitching. I agree with you. I think the Astros have the pitching edge um, without question. And neither team can hit. But if you have a half, if you have a little bit of an edge pitching wise, you got to get to Houston That's why I think Houston is going to win it. But I am pulling for Philadelphia because Dave Dombrowski, the president, is my, he's a Hall of Fame front office guy. And not only that, but whenever I was climbing through the ranks, I remember I wrote just, I wrote every organization in pro baseball. Most of them didn't call back or write back. A few did. Uh, Roman Gabriel, the quarterback of the Rams, he worked for the Texas Rangers. He called me, and a few other ones did. But the biggest name that called me back was Dave Dombrowski. And he, you know, Mm -hmm. he he gave me encouragement. He gave me advice. And, you know, we still keep in touch. And just a great guy. He's as big as it gets. I mean, he's a great guy. So I'm definitely pulling uh, for the Phillies. But I'm with you. The hitting is atrocious. And people, like I said, they they give credit to the pitchers. But they really should give, if you want to call it credit, to the bad way the hitting is being taught. Let the ball travel deep. Create backspin get your head inside the ball. And then the other thing, too, This is not, I still don't understand this, Nick. How many times have you heard, let's take the pitcher deep in the count, right? Which means you're going to take strike one. And then what does every pitching coach tell their pitcher? Throw strike one. Brad Jackson, the former Pirate World Series star, they used to, they used to ask him, what's the best pitch in baseball? He used to say, strike one. Right? But these guys continuously take that first pitch. Now the 70s Pirates didn't do it. That's for damn sure. They went up hacking. That's why they were who they were. But again, we don't like so, the way the game's going, but uh, but I think it's going to oh, be... I don't, know, I don't know if it's going to be a great World Series. I, I, I think it's going to be a nondescript World Series. I think there's going to be low scoring. Um, not because the pitching is so great, but again, the hitting is not so great. But um, that's what I'm looking at.
2: Yeah. And, and they, they hear, uh, some people hear things and they get it kind of confused with like, take take the yep. picture deep in account. Look, I, I just, you know, most recently I signed on to, uh, you know, I'm coaching college baseball now up here. Oh, for, that's right. Uh, I
1: forgot to mention that. Please mention yeah.
2: that. Yeah. I'm coaching, um, coaching for Tri-C up here. We are the Triceratops, um, in, uh, right, right up here in Cleveland and I'm, I'm the hitting coach for them and one of the big things we talk about is approach and i cannot stand when they they, they their pitch goes by and what i mean by their pitch is I, I i have the kids not kids these guys are men but i have them uh part of our progression and part of our approach is you know i i put some baseballs on the in front of the plate just an old drill and in Say, I want you to eliminate some of these balls, and I, I want two left, and they have to be next to each other. And I, I want you to show what pitch you like the best, what location. And once they pick that, you know, we talk about it, and we do a lot of drills with it, but I'll, I'll say, now the first pitch of the game, it might be a fastball, and someone says it's down the middle, but it's not the pitch you want to hit. But I said, don't let any pitch where those balls are go by. It, it, in the count because i'm like you, you guys are taking pitch one or you're taking pitch two and i go isn't it right over where you like it yes why are you doing that well um, no i think I are not going to see that pitch again and and then as as we work that pitch we work what's their favorite pitch and and we have them they can recognize it and and my goal is never let that pitch go by you ever and then um, when we talk about deep in the count, we don't really talk about it that way. We don't use the term deep in the count, but it is when, when you are fighting and you have two strikes, you know, we work on um, some drills. Where, and I got this out of, you know, New Mexico, uh, College in New Mexico. They led the nation in years ago in walks to strikeout ratio. And, you know, they would have their guys, and, and I do this sometimes, where, um, you know, they get folded um, the ball comes out of the pitching machine. Let's say you have a cone six feet from the machine. You want them to start to commit there to mimic that they got folded, and you have two strikes, and you have to still do something with that with right. the ball. Like then we'll, then yeah. we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it in the middle. Then they're right on time. Then we'll do it all the way four feet away from the plate. And now the ball's on top of them, and they're like, mm-hmm. uh oh, you know, I'm folded. And, and our guys are all, yes, yes, no. We're swinging yes, at everything yes. until we have to pull off. But they're fold. At the last second, I want to show them that they can they can waste that pitch. Now, if you have two, if you wind up getting two strikes, and because you, you haven't seen a pitch that's your pitch, then then you know you're fighting, and that teaches them to the fight. But just to go deep in account for no reason makes no sense. Exactly. Um, but you know, like, like you said, but when you look at that a big picture like that, you know, and you l- eliminate your strikeouts and you start drawing more walks, that's when you become a really good hitter. That's usually my, my, one of my number one, um, you know, I'm not huge in the statistics, but my, one of my number one things is walk the strikeout because if, if you're not drawing walks, yeah, if you're not drawing walks, you're not swinging at You know, you're not swinging at the pitches you can hit. And if you're striking out. Because...
1: No fly balls, no strikeouts. That's it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't you're want to not missing your, your pitch.
1: Then. Right. No, I'm with you. and I, And like I said, these guys now, they teach every – you know, keep your hands inside the ball and all that garbage. Everything is geared towards hitting the inside pitch. What about the middle and outside? That's why my guys, I want them to have great play coverage. And without going into – I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to go hitting less here, yeah. but – the the pitcher's not gonna throw him right down the middle all the time. I want them to be able to hit bad pitches. The pirates of the seventies again were a lot of them like Sanguin, Clemente Stenet, they were they, they said they were bad they were great bad ball hitters. Yogi Berra was the first guy they used to say that about. He could hit he was a great bad ball hitter. Um, well well
4: think uh, think
2: about it, Claudio. If you get a if you get a great fastball with, with a two seam fastball, it's on the outside part of the plate at your knees for the first pitch and it's a strike. you you may not want to swing at that because that's not a pitch you think you can drive, right? Maybe you can drive a ball, uh, four inches up out of the zone and you can hit that ball better. Well, swing at it. You can swing at balls. Just like you are saying, you can swing at a ball if you can drive it. And you don't really necessarily have to swing at a strike unless you have two strikes. And, and that's something that, you know, and we see that with a lot of the, um, You know, a lot of the um, non-American hitters, they're able to cover the, the yeah, they're able to cover the, they're able to cover the plate, they're able to hit pitches out of the zone
1: and they don't get cheated
2: when they swing at them.
1: No, but they're allowed to be who they are. They're allowed to be whatever type of hitter they are. They're not turned into robots. And that's that's a great mentality. Last thing on this, I'll never forget, I was pulling into a uh, parking lot to do a show, and I won't mention the manager, but he was asked, so what's your game plan against this particular pitcher? was the first game of the playoffs. They said, man, we want to get him out of the game as fast as possible and go into the bullpen. So that means they wanted to uh, get his pitch count up. Well, the problem was that pitcher – did not walk anybody. He was never, He was not known for walking people. So the first pitch was strike one. The second pitch was a 59 foot curveball. You swung at it. Now you're in a hole and you strike out and the bullpen was good. So I never understood that mentality. Um, but, um, again, that's the analytics and all that garbage. That's where the game is going. But, um, and your, bullpen,
2: your, your point, Claudio, about, Hey, the, the, the Latin players are allowed to be who they are. It's funny because, I was working in um, camp one time with, with Brian Graham, who, who was the, at the time he was the um, director of instruction for the Indians and he lived in Medina. And um, I'll never forget what he said. He, well, oh, there's a lot of things I learned from him, but one of the things he would do is he was talking to third baseman. And he was talking about third base being a two-step, two-step position. You know, if you're going to your right to your left, and, and sometimes on something slower, you're moving hard to your left. But um he was – and he was showing the kids how to cut through the ball and, and do everything mechanically properly. And then he started talking about the Latin players. And he said, they don't field like this. He goes, they actually step to the side and take it from the side. And he asked the kids, he says, well, he goes, why, why do they do that? And the kids, you know, I, I don't know. And if, you know if, if we see a kid, a young kid now do that, we're going to say, hey, you got to get in front of the ball. Those kids all do that because the fields they play on are terrible. And, and Brian said, you ought to see some of the fields where we go, yeah. go scout guys at. And so they're hitting rocks, sponsors. So exactly. they move to the side so they can pick that up. And they get so good at it that that's the way they feel then. And they don't need to you know, do the instructional. And so they become their own player based on just rep after rep in those conditions and, and drop-stepping. And, and so that's why you see some of your best infielders um, aren't really from here. No. Right, right, exactly.
1: Well, we're going to take another quick commercial break before we talk football. The Caplack. Uh, so our great sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, Criminal Defense Attorney Eric Jackson-Lurie, and my policy quote, call Lou Ragianti at 412-609-9963. There, are all those guys, Dr. Roscoe, Dom Picora, Eric Jackson-Lurie, Lou Rag- Ragianti, and Mike Carrots, great people. When you, And when you need their services or need services like that, you want to deal with great people. Don't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field Office. Uh, Go to my website and and get that. And the best boxing show on TV, The Boxing Authorities with Luther Dupree Jr., Smoking Jim Frazier, and myself. Uh, You can catch us on Channel Box. Um, Catch us there. The uh, YouTube channel, Claudio Rosano TV. And the Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Association podcast. Go to, that's the show I host now. Uh, go to www.pa-bca.org. We're we'll right back with Nick Caplack. How much was your tax penalty for your health insurance last year? Were you told your health premium was going to be something? Then you wound up paying a huge tax penalty. Are you tired of being lied to about your premium and then getting stuck in the penalty box? Lou and his team at My Policy Quote are your number one draft pick. They have access to all the top carriers, and as a brokerage, they have full market visibility with the tools and experience. Let Lou help you and your family find truly affordable, quality insurance and quarterback your power play to get you out of the penalty box. Call Lou and his team at 412-609-9963. Okay, Nick, Steelers are off to a two and five start. Um, you know, at the beginning of the season. I well, first of all, I've never seen so much adulation, praise, excuses, love shown for a Steeler more than Kenny Pickett. I don't get it. Um, I think he is a okay quarterback. Um, he is He's not a first-round draft pick. He's not a franchise quarterback. I've said that before. He was throwing these interceptions. and Then they have the excuse, well, he's a rookie, or it was raining, or they don't have good receivers. They don't have good offensive line. They don't have this. never his fault. That's fine. You know, When you like somebody, you'll come up with every excuse under the sun. He's an okay quarterback. You know, they say Kirk Cousins-ish. If he's Kirk Cousins, then the Steelers should be very happy. I don't think he's a Cousins. But I've said this before. TV. I said he has the gunslinger, riverboat gambler mentality. And guys like Stabler and Favre and Namath, uh, Bradshaw, those guys, Elway, they, would, they had that attitude. But what else did they have besides the attitude and the legs? They had the arm. Kenny Pickett does not have the arm to drill a ball in between two defenders. And he's going to throw a lot of interceptions when he takes chances like this. And that's exactly what he's doing. So I was exactly right. Is he going to be a good quarterback? I think he's going to be a nice quarterback, but he's not going to lead him to a Super Bowl. He's not going to be uh, big. I don't think he's going to be big time. I think it was too high of a draft pick. Your thoughts, uh, first of all, on, and and I said they should have got a good free agent. I think they should have got Marcus Mariota. They got uh, Trubisky. That's fine. They didn't give him much of a shot. The offensive coordinator is a butcher. Um, But your thoughts on the quarterbacks and the offensive coordinator. You
2: know, I like Kenny Pickett. Um, I I like everything about him. I just think that he is he needs um, a mentor that um, can get him through a year. And I think he could be okay. Um, and, and he's likable. That's, that's why everybody's, you know, doing
1: why is he likable? If his name, in my opinion, if his name was Ken Smith from Colorado state with a crew cut, the Steeler fans would have been pissed because he got drafted. But because he went to pit, what? Uh, Kenny, 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 like, I don't understand. I'm not saying he's a bad kid. I don't know him, but he doesn't have a big personality. He doesn't. And, and then everybody said, well, he's tough. He's got swag. You say a guy hit him. He got up. Well, that's great. He's got a lot of swag, terrific, but he, but you can have all the swag you want. If you don't produce, you throw picks, and, and you're not going to be a pro bowler or a franchise quarterback, they're already start, starting to talk about drafting another quarterback next year. You know, I, I don't understand this love affair with him. I, I just don't get it, and, and I'm, I don't have a horse in the race because I'm not a Steeler fan. I'm just being very honest. I think if he was Ken Pickett with crew cut, Colorado State, they just said, why the hell would you pick him for? And he only well, had one good year at Pitt. Know, one good, he, he played you know, they, five they years. Did, you
2: know. The Steelers did the same thing with James Conner. Because he went to Pitt, that kind of thing, and everybody liked him. and he had But th- I think that's why they like him. I think he's likable the whole deal. Um, he has a decent arm. you know. Now, you said you know, Riverboat Gambler, that kind of thing. But what, how'd that work for him? If you were to check down at the end of the game, instead of throwing the first pick in the, in the, in the, the second-to-last drive, he threw a pick. If he would have checked down, they would have kicked a field goal. The defense was playing decent. They have got the ball back and kicked another field goal. At least went to overtime um, instead of trying to force the ball. And So yeah, he has a lot to learn now, there. Um, but Trubisky, I think, is a really good quarterback. I, I've, seen him, I've seen him play four years in high school. I coached against him when he was playing at Mentor, and I was coaching at Medina. Um, I've never seen a more accurate passer, but you know, coaching-wise, I don't know why Mitch Trubisky's throwing everything off his back foot. I don't know why the Steelers don't throw down the middle. I don't, I don't know what Mitch Trubisky said to Johnson, the receiver, to get him benched. I guess that's something that happened, but it must have been pretty bad because I've seen the Steeler locker room with Bell and Brown Doing all kinds of things, and Tomlin never benched those guys, and, and never really did much about it. But all of a sudden, the starting QBs benched. Um, so I think there's a lot of weird things going on with the Steelers that I just can't put my finger on. But I think, you know, Canada as the offensive coordinator has failed miserably. Um, you, you, the it just doesn't make sense what he's trying to do. I mean, we throw nothing but out passes. And we 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 never force so, you know I've coached defensive backs a lot of years and the or you know maybe not a lot but I've I've coached them a couple of years um, on and off but the um you know if you're if you're get if you're able to get uh, inside leverage and force everything outside and you're never threatened over the middle. Then you can start cheating to get a little bit middle or outside leverage, right. and then once you do that, you're kind of shutting everybody down. And Roethlisberger was able to go over the middle all the time, and um, you know that's where he lived. We're not putting our receivers over there. And then some of the routes, it's some of the laziest routes I've I've seen. I almost feel that Roethlisberger really, he Ben Roethlisberger has made more great receivers. Sure they were great at Pittsburgh and they left Pittsburgh and they were nothing. Yep. Um, we can go through a whole list. They were great there. And why? Because he probably made those receivers. Um, I'll never forget. I went to a practice at Heinz Field when it was still Heinz Field. And I was watching Roethlisberger and he was the guy talking all the receivers. But I, I watched a drill where he was throwing from about the 40-yard line. at a guy in the end zone. Um, in the back corner pylon, and the guy turned to his right and held his hands out. And Roethlisberger put about seven right in yeah. his hands. It, 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 it he didn't even move. But then the guy turned the other way, so he was over his left shoulder, and never moved his feet. Roethlisberger put seven on that side, you know, around there. But it was amazing what he did. He was a spe- the people we don't realize how special he was and what he did. Do you ever notice how many times? that the Steelers, a game was on the line and Ben took over the play calling at the line and went right down the field and scored. If he was there now, they'd
1: have a winning record, in my opinion.
2: If Uh, Ben uh, Roethlisberger was calling the offense right now. Even old
1: Ben right now, they'd have a better record than what they have. They couldn't wait to get
2: rid of it. If Ben was calling the offense and not Matt Canada, we'd be fine. I think this all goes back to, if, if you re- in our defensive backs that dropped four interceptions, it goes back to the head coach. And what are these guys doing in practice every week? I, I don't, people would say whatever about Mike Tomlin, but how many times have we had a great team and lost to one of the worst teams in the league? Because we had a lazy week, more than likely a lazy week of practice thinking, yeah, we got this. Let's just, it's, um it's almost, it's almost ridiculous. The only thing I see him say during a game, and I could be wrong, is whenever somebody does something good, he starts screaming "Let's go!" And I think Terry yeah, Bradshaw yeah. was right. I think Terry Bradshaw was right about him um, saying, you know, he's more of a cheerleader than a coach. I just, I just never have seen it with him. Um, and I think Roethlisberger was kind of the heart and soul of what happened with that, with that offense. Sure, and sure. in the St- Steeler defense, I'll give him credit; they, they still hit. They still do some decent things. But the defensive backs, I mean, if you can't catch a ball that, you know, ninth graders can catch that's in your hands, then we have a real issue. I mean, you might be a good coverage guy, but if the ball's thrown right to you, you have to make a play.
1: No, I'm with you. And, um, you know, smoking Jim Frazier, who, obviously we do all kinds of shows together he's an NFL scout i i trust i hang on every word he says and you have to listen to him he'll break it down in a common sense approach when you talked about routes and you talked about different things and you know he he's the only one that wasn't happy with the overall draft the past several years and and um, again i was never I, I just didn't know what Tomlin does. I, I don't, you know, I'm not criticizing him. I just don't know what he does. Where, where are his hands? What, what offense, defense, what? Um, but anyway, I, I just don't see them. Um, uh, Roethlisberger was a huge bandaid. There were mistakes that team made. Running game isn't working. Right. I said they should have gotten an offensive line because to me, I've said this numerous times offensive line is the most important position on the field because it helps the quarterback, which helps the passing game, helps the running game. It keeps the defense off the field Why? because it helps the running game and it allows the quarterback to be who he is. Um, I don't know who's making the picks. Is it Tomlin? Uh, again, he seems to be the guy who's calling all the shots and uh, whoever's calling the shots right now, he's calling the wrong shots.
3: Well,
2: you think about it. I don't, I think it was one of the first drives or something. And it was run the ball with Najee. You picked up three or four. Okay. Then you, I think you ran it again or threw a short pass and it was third down and two. All right. And then you throw a deep ball down the sideline and it's like, all right, maybe that was the read. You had man coverage, whatever. But why did you, why did you work hard to get to third and two if you were going to run a 15 yard play. I mean, it's much, makes much more sense in the first play. You, you got to pick up a couple first downs and then punt. Um, if that's what's going to happen. I mean, it's just nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing that I see makes a lot of sense. And, you know, we had a good screen game, um, in the past with Roethlisberger. You're not seeing that. I didn't see hardly any screens, uh, last game. Um, I do like that Kenny Pickett can run. Um, that's, you know, that's probably a decent attribute that he has that he, that he could take off and get a first down. Um, but and if we go back to what you first asked me about Trubisky, he has a good arm, He's he's been excellent, you know, from the time that guy was in ninth grade all the way up. Why not let Mitch Trubisky throw the ball downfield and make some yeah, mistakes?
1: Open things up, he was throwing five yard outs every play. I just and think like, that, what, that these what is guys, the point? these offensive coordinators are all, they all want to be known as geniuses. And uh, the, first of all, the NFL should be called the MFL, the mediocre football league. Number two, the play calling, like with the Dolphins the other day, first drive, excellent, creative. I liked it, but then it disappeared. It's like they get cute and then they try to outthink themselves. And, then there's, it's third and five, and they threw a three-yard pass. I mean, I, I just don't understand it. I mean, you know, the 70s, they were called the, uh, you know, uh, it was it was more of a running backs game. Yeah, but those guys, we, we can talk about some quarterbacks back then. Again, the Starbucks Bradshaw, Namath, Targington, you know, or, or Roman Gabriel, John Hadle, um, Paragama with the Rams at 79 was a bomber. Kenny Stabler, Archie Manning, those guys threw the ball. Yeah, they were run. They ran the ball, but they threw the ball and they threw it deep. Dan Fouts, you know Marino, of course, in Montana in the 80s. Um, I don't know. I again, I, you know, I sound like an old man because I don't. I don't like where the football game is going either. But
2: um, well, the only the only guy that I think is I think the best player on the, the team right now is Mika Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah, if I was exactly. going to name like who, who's the all-star of the team, because that's the only guy making plays um, when, when we need, when we need to play on offense, I, I can't give you a star. I, we have receivers that were touted as being some of the best right. receivers in the league. But look, if, if, if you've got, you know, Ben DiNucci throwing to you, you may not be a great receiver, but if you've got, you know, Ben Roethlisberger throwing for you, I mean, there's a difference in those two Ben's. Sure.
1: Well, yeah, like I said, it's, it's no I know, knock it's, on Danucci though, Claudio. Well, you had to pick an Italian guy to bust his chops, but that's okay. I get no, you. no, 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 no. But uh, all in all, I, I just don't. I, I, I knew that when Ben quit or retired. I'm sorry, when he retired, I knew that uh, the dam was going to break, and I don't know if it's going to. I don't know if I trust the people in the in the draft room to draft better next year. So I don't think they drafted well this year, but. Anyway.
2: You, you want to save this.
1: What do you think of Heinz Ward as a coach? I don't know how he deals with players, so I don't know. I mean, I, he knows the game, I'm sure. There's a lot of – Ted Williams knew the game too, but he just didn't relate well to players. Um, so I have no idea. I know he's working hard at it, so I wish him well. I re, I, and I study coaches left and right. He is not somebody that I've studied.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a Heinz Ward and, and some, some old stealer to come back and somebody that had, had the heart come back and, and, and do something you know with this team. But
1: I, I agree, but here, here's what I say. I, I've always said this. We'll close with this. I said, you know, uh, what's the most important thing in real estate? Three most important things. They always say what? Good location, good location, good location. I say the three most important things in life and coaching and business is good people, good people, good people, but I'm changing that. It's not necessarily good people. It's the right people. You can have the greatest coaches in the world. Yeah, they'll do better, but you need the right people, people who want to play, people who want to be coached, people who are going to work hard, people that you don't have to constantly be on top of. You know? um, and, or if you're down 28-3 20, to three and they make a tackle – they're getting up screaming, you know, like like they're up by 20. You know, um, it, it takes the right people. You, you look at the dynasties in all sports, the Steelers, the old Cowboys, you know, the Landry years or even the Jimmy Johnson years or in hockey, the Canadians or the Penguins or or the Yankees, Oakland A's or the Pirates, um, the Green Bay Packers or the Celtics Lakers. They were great teams, great coaches, but they also, they were special people. They were the right people. People who, right. you know, Magic Johnson had all the talent in the world, but he, he worked his tail off. Kobe Bryant, God rest of his soul, had a ton of talent. Michael Jordan, but they worked, and they wanted it. They wanted it. Right. And There's a difference
2: between to, thinking you want it and wanting it.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. Well, Nick, as so, always, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going
2: to say, oh, like, the Steelers, I feel like through the Noel years and through the Cower years, and a lot of people didn't like Cowher as, as a coach. I, and my dad could never liked Cower as a coach. um and he never liked Tomlin either. but <laughs> the, it, you know if you went through you know, even you know from Noel to Cower, there' was always a discipline with the Steelers. If you were yeah. screwing up, you were out. if you were if you were just if we were getting the the hint that you were going to be a problem, you were out. If you ran your mouth, you were out. Right. I feel I feel like with the Tomlin may have started that way, and throughout his career, I think the discipline has disappeared on this team. I just think it just doesn't exist anymore. But you have and, to
1: draft people who don't need to be disciplined to begin with. Guys who that's have exactly that work right. ethic the guys who had the work ethic, the guys who wanted, and they just don't have to come from the big schools. I mean, you, you, you have your scouts. Right. Don't just look at the athleticism or how good somebody is. Look at the type of person. <laughs> they have all these interviews and stuff. I mean, I, I don't know. The, football does more interviews than anybody whenever they're at the combines. Right. And yet, you, know, well, and you get what you get.
2: Think, I mean When we talk about this one, think about how out of shape we are.
1: And I know Hayward is is a little
2: older. He's a great player. He boss, But he plays a series and you know, he's, he's breathing in four liters of oxygen, every breath he takes. Um, you know, he can't catch his breath and it's like, wait a minute in here. You know, you can't, if you're old or what. you got to work harder and, and just I just don't feel like we're, we're, just don't feel like we're a good football team, a well coached football
4: team.
1: Well, Nick, as always, I appreciate you taking time being on the show. Best of luck. Uh, Ray's and your new college team. Again, tell us the college again, please.
2: Uh, we're, I'm at Tri-C, which is up in um, just south of Cleveland, and we are the we we are a JUCO school, and we are um, you know we fall league. We we travel, played a lot of D1 schools, Miami of Ohio, Akron, and um, some bigger schools, and we'll be starting our. Um, We'll be starting our spring season here in February with a trip to Chattanooga um, to play down there. So.
1: Good, good. Well, I wish you all luck in the world. and I know your boys are, boys are doing great, and Tara, so I uh, wish all you guys the best and hope to see you soon, and thanks again for being on the show.
2: Thank you, Claudia. Take care, right, brother.
1: Talk to you soon, buddy. Okay, everyone, I want to hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Nick's the best. As I said, great family, and uh, we've been friends for, for thousands of years. Great young man, very proud of him. Great family, like I said. Um, as always, want to thank Rick Mitchell for the introductions and the outros, and Adam Zalouf, the best producer out there. Appreciate Adam to the moon. Uh, go back to our archives. We have got a lot of great shows. Or. There's a link to to press in the archives again. Mario Andretti, Roman Gabriel, Jerry Cooney, Ken Griffey Sr., Al Oliver, Mike Weaver, former heavyweight champ, Vinny Paz, Donnie Lalonde, Rocky Blyer, Sid Bream, Jim Rooker, Dick Vermeule. I know I'm missing some guys. Robin Cole. Then, of course, uh, smoking Jim Frazier and Luther, the best. Uh, love it. And Nick and Rick. So uh, we have a lot of great guests on the show. So go back and listen to those. Subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Again, our great, great sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar at 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call Dom at 412 372 3667. Tell them we sent you great food. Criminal Defense Attorney Eric Jackson, Lori with offices located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. Call Eric at 412-963-9308. And my policy quote, our new sponsor. Call Lou Raganti at 412-609-9963. Trust me when I tell you. Lou will get back to you in Tuesday. He gets back to you quick. He does everything he can to, to make sure that you have the best uh, policies, insurance, life, whatever. He's a great guy. So give him a call and uh, give all those calls, if, if, give all those guys a call if you need them. And again, our great boxing show, The Boxing Authorities with Luther Pre Jr., Smoke and Jim Frazier, go to Channel Box and uh, download that. It's, we, we're on that station all the time. And then um, also go to my YouTube channel, Claudio Rosano TV and my new podcast, the Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Association podcast. You can listen to that. And I interview a lot of high school and college basketball coaches. Go to www.pa-bca.org. Glenn Anderson is the founder of that organization. Glenn is as good as it gets. I'm very fortunate to deal with great people. That's for sure. Um That's it. So we'll keep you posted on some other uh, guests coming up. And as always, thank you, Mom and Pop. Talk to you soon.
0: Thank you for listening to The Claudio Rosano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Be sure to tune in next time on ClaudioRosano.com.
3: talk to my mom she can't understand me she gets so cranky and irritable
4: well your mother's ears cannot understand speech sounds and that leaves her trying to guess what you have said this makes conversation exhausting for her
3: can we help her
4: Yes, Julie. Once we improve her hearing, she'll be less frustrated and be able to enjoy talking with you again.
3: If your loved one needs help hearing and understanding, call the Roscoe Hearing Center at 814-375-0455. Hearing solutions
4: with the care you've been looking for.
1: Are you tired of paying too much for health insurance with those enormous premiums you lose yardage then get sacked with all the upfront costs. What are you paying for. Lou and his team at My Policy Quote are your number one draft pick. They have access to all the top carriers, and as a brokerage, they have full market visibility with the tools and experience. Let Lou help you and your family find truly affordable quality insurance and quarterback your power play to get you out of the penalty box. Call Lou and his team at 412 609 9963.